Prayer is, of course, our great privilege. It is our great Christian priority. And yet it can be really difficult. Life is full of confusion and questions, disappointments and distractions. And all around the world, people say to me, how can we get better at prayer? Let me just give you a couple of simple thoughts. I find it so comforting that the one thing that the disciples asked Jesus to help them with was this thing. It was prayer. They said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't ask, teach us to preach or teach us to care for the poor or teach us to plant churches. They understood that the key to their rabbi's perspectives, his power in ministry, was the presence of God that he experienced through prayer. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. And so when they asked him for help with prayer, he didn't tut and say, you really should know how to pray. In fact, he gave them the world's greatest prayer, the Lord's Prayer. When we come to God and say, God, I find this prayer thing difficult, he responds by helping us. That's what the book of Romans says in Romans 8, 26 and 27. It's the most beautiful assurance. The Apostle Paul says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. Maybe you feel like that sometimes. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So right now, even when you're watching this, the Spirit of God is interceding for you with wordless groans. And then it goes on, and he who searches our hearts, he knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. One of the times in my life when God spoke to me clearest, I learned a great deal about prayer. I was walking down the street near my house, and God said to me, look at that tree. It was as simple as that. And it was so clear that I just froze and stared at this tree. I thought maybe this is going to be my burning bush moment. Maybe I'm going to have some great epiphany or I'm going to save someone's life. But as I stared at the tree, absolutely nothing happened. People were looking at me weirdly, thinking I was having some kind of episode. And eventually I thought maybe God had got distracted with events in the Middle East or something. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm staring at the tree. What happens now? And God then said to me this, why do you get so intense about everything? Why can't I just say, look at that tree, I'm pleased with that tree, I thought that was a great tree. Why does it have to mean anything more than that? So it was very weird, it was the most underwhelming epiphany of all time. But I found myself saying to God, good job on the tree, Lord. That is significant, I believe, because your prayer life is going to be at its best, not when you're praying the big prayers occasionally, but when you're praying the small prayers continually. If you want to live your life with greater gratitude, learn to pray about small things, especially inevitable things like give us this day our daily bread when the supermarket is full of the stuff. Then you get to give thanks to God all the time. People say to me, should I pray for a parking lot at Walmart on a wet Saturday? And I say, absolutely. Because then if you ask God for a parking space and you get one, you give thanks to God for a patch of concrete. And then they say to me, well, would you have got the parking lot space if you hadn't prayed? I don't know. Ask the theologians. All I know is if you pray about small things, you get to give thanks to God for small things all the time. You live with greater gratitude. And there's another thing too. You know, 
Adam and Eve walked and talked with God in the cool of the evening before there was any sin or sickness or suffering in the world. So what did they talk to him about? Because most of what we tend to pray about are problems, people that are sick, people who need to get saved, problems at work. They must have just said things to him like, nice tree, Lord, good job with the giraffe. Let me tell you about my day. And one day there will be no more sin, no sickness or suffering in the world, and there'll be you and there'll be God. So what will you talk to him about? We've got to learn to just pray about the small stuff. And there's another thing in this scripture about how hard we find it in prayer and how the Spirit of God helps us. Let me give an example. When one of my kids was really small and just learning to write, but he couldn't yet, he would draw all these little shapes on a piece of paper and they didn't say anything. They were just nonsense. They were hieroglyphics. But we said, well done. And then one day he handed me one of these bits of paper with all these scribbles on it. And he said to me, Daddy, look what I wrote. And I said, well done. And then he said, could you read it? I didn't know what to do. I looked at the paper. It didn't make any sense at all. But then I looked at his face. And I thought about the weird little things that go on in his head. I thought about the kind of day he had had. And I had a guess at what the scribbles meant. And as I read the bit of paper, he nodded his head and said, well done. In prayer, it is not about the outward form, getting the right words. It is about the cry of your heart. The Spirit of God, Romans 8 says, interprets your heart. The Father looks at you. He looks at your face. He thinks about the weird little things that go on in your head, the kind of day you've had. And he interprets your scribbles, your groans, and even your tears. Pray about the small stuff and learn to pray the way God made you and he will interpret it into the greatest prayer of your life.